Thank you so much for joining me on Teach Me How to Money. We have a very special episode today. <laughs> a very special episode with, uh, with Brian McGinnis. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, why you're going to be here talking on this episode. I am Brian McGinnis. I've been a comedian and voice actor here in New York City for the past almost 15 years and um, a huge video game person. I want to talk about my video game podcast called Playable Characters Podcast and just the business of video games and stuff like that. The people seem to really like them. Yeah. I haven't played my whole life. Yeah? Don't, don't tell anybody. But <laughs> I haven't stopped. I saw a yeah. picture of your daughter playing a video game last yeah. night. Yeah. She's two and a half. I got to put a control in her hand and she was doing okay. I believe it. I got a little mad. I got a little frustrated. I'm like, just jump already. But uh, <laughs> she finally figured out, I think, a little bit. Yeah. Did you know the tricks? The left, left, right, A, yeah. B? Yeah. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, start. So Stash came out with a video game. I don't know if you saw. I did. What do you think of it? I thought it was actually super clever. Nice. It was like just like an old Atari thing in a way or like an old DOS screen like on the computer, you know. But, it was, yeah, it was like certain puzzles you had to solve. And I only made it past level four, by the way. That's <laughs> but, pretty cool. Yeah. But it was cool. It's called The Vault. Yeah. And our team uh, wanted to do something a little bit different to get people to check out Stash. So yeah. I'm glad you liked it. I loved it. Yeah. I wish it was easier. But <laughs> 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 I'm, getting, I'm getting bad at, my, at games my old age. So... Yeah. We think of video games, and not to reveal my age, I still think <laughs> of, of Nintendo, I think of Super Mario Brothers, mm. I think of Duck Hunt, I think of all the games from my childhood. Two out of three, not bad. Right, so. not good. Um, I also think about going to the arcade as a kid, mm. lots of quarters, yeah. Krabby Guy would give you quarters from his belt. <laughs> yeah. A lot has yeah, changed, apparently things have changed Where since then. Where does that then? job go, right? It's all been replaced by those machines. Exactly. You put a five bucks <laughs> and you get your tokens, that guy's out of a job. What happened to the... <laughs> the Atari... Angry vendor man. To the angry quarter guy. That belt must have weighed like 30 pounds. Exactly. <laughs> so much change on it. He just got, all right, click, 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 click. Here you go, kid. Yeah, why was he so crabby? I don't know. Arcades are still a thing. There are a lot of things. There's been like a revival of arcades. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, there's, a, there's like, what, three barcades just here in New York. Do they still make pinball machines? They do. There's a cool pinball place here on 26th and 3rd. Modern, really? modern pinball. Yeah, they have like huh. 40 pinball. And you, and you pay by the hour, which is cool. Because pinball, you can lose your quarters in like 10 seconds. But I, I have done that. You can just pay, play by the hour and just, you know, have a good time. I once played at the Sopranos pinball machine. Yeah. It was extortion, I tell you. So we're talking about the history and the business of video games. Yeah, a lot of money in there. There is a lot of money in there. And I just would like to start from the beginning with you and just let's talk about the first big video games. Well, Atari was like the first huge company. And they did, you know, Pong. And all that stuff. I remember Pong. I, I sort of remember yeah. Pong. And then that was huge. And then Atari was so big for like five, six years. And then it just like exploded, like in a bad way. Oh, in a bad way. <laughs> it just crashed, yeah. So what happened? How did well, Atari go from Pong to... To nothing. To nothing. To burying our ET cartridges in the desert, which is a true story. <laughs> Tell me that story. <laughs> so what happened, like they had like six weeks to get the ET game out to coincide with the movie release. Right. Most games took maybe four to six months back then. Now they take like five years, you know. But so one guy's like, I can do it. So cranked out this awful game. I, I had it as a kid. I had the Atari game. What was the game? Nothing. Like You couldn't do anything. It was so stupid. It you made, just, do you want a bicycle into nope, the sky? No, you were ET and you just go screen by screen. You had to avoid like holes or else you'd fall to the, it made no sense. Like literally made no sense. So what else happened in this game that made it so terrible? So what, it was so bad, but the market was so saturated at that point. When this game came out and was such a bomb, people were like, we're done with video games. So they literally buried like hundreds of thousands of Atari games, mostly ETs in like a desert, like in a landfill in New Mexico or, or like Arizona. And then a couple of years ago, they actually re, you know, dug them up to 
make sure the myth was real, and it was. They found tons of them buried on the ground. That's crazy. That's why Nintendo had such a hard time in 85 to put it back in stores because, you know, Woolworths and places like that were like, we don't want to... No more, no more games. games. Yeah, no more games because it <laughs> cool. crashed. And they still had tons of, like, you know, stock of Atari games. But they remarketed it as, like, a toy. But that, that was the early 80s. Yes. Yeah, then Nintendo came in 85 and, like, changed the world. So why basically. did Nintendo change the world? If you look at Atari games and you look at Mario, what Mario and Donkey Kong were, they were so different. And Mario was the most groundbreaking game ever. You know what I mean? Because it was so different. The side-scrolling and the graphics and the sounds and all that stuff. So... Kind of a story had to save Peach, you know, but you didn't really know. Well, the, Donkey Kong had a story. Well, we, you kind of had to make up the story. Yeah, a big monkey stole a woman, and this yeah. guy in overalls trying to trying to get her back. Yeah, it's, much. it's, it's, it's the eternal story. Yeah, totally, <laughs> we've all been there. We've all been there. It's <laughs> tales old as time. Yes. But what made Mario so exciting was the different levels. It was yep. the changing of the screens. It was it was just the gameplay was good. The level design. The mechanics, all that—it was just you know two buttons, but it was awesome. So what came after that? So I so I remember what year was this? The NES launched in North America in '85. So what what came next? What were some other big moments where people started video games started to be a big thing in people's homes, and less so in the arcades, for taking jobs away from old arcade guys? <laughs> right, that poor guy. This is this is dedicated to him, by the way. So there's two things then. Genesis came out in the late '80s, so there was two consoles. Okay. You know, with Sonic the Hedgehog, who was like Mario's rival. Were they really rivals? Yeah, I mean, dude, there's a really crazy story. Genesis was like, we're the cool kids. Nintendo's for just babies and kids, but Genesis, hey, we say, you know, jerk and stuff. (laughs) Like, they were like, you know, Sonic was like the badass, like, I remember uh, this. Video game, yeah. I'm I'm unrepressing a lot of memories. Yeah, there's a book called Console Wars where it talks about this in depth and very lengthy depth. uh, Where were these companies, were these companies both based out of Japan? Yeah, and they had like a North American branch too. Okay, so they they were sort of set up as rivals. I remember that there was, Mm -hmm. some people had Nintendo, some people had had a Sega Genesis. I was a Nintendo house, yeah. A lot of my friends had Genesis though, but. You were a Nintendo. You couldn't have both. Only if you were rich. Right. Did you have both? Yeah. And a few rich friends who had every system, but yeah. If you had multiple personalities. We were mostly a Nintendo family back then. So you were a Nintendo family? Yes. Still am. Still am? <laughs> yeah. You're a Nintendo guy. Your daughter's going to be a yes. Nintendo person. Yes. That's yeah. hilarious. So I remember all these commercials on, on MTV, you know, Sega and Sonic. Genesis does what Nintendo don't. Remember that? No. That was a big one, yeah. It's oh. like, Genesis does what Nintendo don't. And it was like, oh, snap. And all the 12-year-olds <laughs> like, take that, Nintendo. <laughs> Mario's lame. Sonic's cool. I do remember yeah. that. Oh, my. So there were many Marios. Yeah. A new one just came out last year. How many Marios are there? I mean, there? technically, it's probably like 30, like 20-something oh my Marios. Yeah. The last one, Super Mario Odyssey. This for the Switch, the newest console. Okay, let's go back. So after the Genesis... I just skipped 40 consoles. Right. (laughs) So there's a rivalry. What happens next? Nintendo and Sony struck a deal to make what soon became the PlayStation 1. So Nintendo actually spurred Sony last minute and didn't go with them to make their CD-based console. They went with, like, Philips, I think. So Sony's like, you know what? Screw you guys. And they made their own thing which became the PlayStation 1, which changed everything because it had CDs and it was like 3D textures and polygons and all that cool stuff. Really? Yeah. So that CD-ROM technology? Yeah. So, um, if, like, honestly, like, Nintendo didn't do that. We may, have, we may never have had, like, a PS4, like, where we are now. Oh, that's interesting. It's, it is. So then PlayStation 1, 
Then came the Xbox. But what made the PlayStation so cool? We talk about a PlayStation now, and it's part of our national vocabulary, but what made it so amazing? What could that do that other consoles couldn't do? Because on CDs, it had so much more memory to make better games and better graphics and use, like, you know, actual movies and, like, cool footage of stuff and... It was, like, groundbreaking. The controller was different. So you also have a live show. I do. You, sort of MST3K, yeah. bad video games from the 90s. Yes. We do it once a month at a place called QED in Astoria, Queens, and it's called Retro Bits. We basically just take 10 to 15 really bad old games, and there's plenty to choose from, and we have the audience play them, and me and three other comics just riff on them, make some jokes, gasp at how terrible they are sometimes. <laughs> and a lot but of them are based on movies. We, we, we do try to do themes. And one time we had it all based, like, you know, either movies or TV shows, like the Home Improvement Nintendo game, like the Super Nintendo. It's, like, terrible. It's an awful game. There was game. the Baby's Kids game. Baby's Kids, so bad. The Beetlejuice game for Nintendo's terrible. I guess Sony had some rights to make some of these properties into video games. Yeah, and then it was funny now because there's so many bad movies based on video games. It's, it's, it's like, reversed now. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Really makes you think. Yes. All, like Assassin's Creed was bad. All the Tomb Raiders, all 12 of them. They were, were bad. bad. <laughs> you know, the first Tomb Raider is one of the only movies I ever walked out on. Yeah, there you go. So the PlayStation finally started giving people a more realistic experience. As, what were some of the big games on PlayStation back then? I mean, Tomb Raider was actually a huge one, you know, and they had, they had really great sports games back then. Technology started moving so fast. That's when the Xbox came and then PlayStation 2 and then every game, everything since then started getting just better and better and better. And these things were making so much more money. Like Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto Five just crossed the $6 billion mark in wow. revenue. Oh, my gosh. Which is more than any movie ever, more than anything that's ever, like, like entertainment-wise, which is crazy. What are some of your favorite video games? Super Mario 3D World for the super terrible Wii U console is, I think, one of the best games ever. What's the Wii U exactly. console? Exactly. No one has a Wii U except me. So the, the Wii came out, what was that, like, 05-ish? And, like, everyone in the world had a Wii, right? Wii yes. Bowling, parents had a Wii. Nursing homes had a Wii. Everybody had a Wii. Yes. <laughs> and then, but like five years ago, Nintendo released this Wii U thing, and they didn't even know how to market it. The stores didn't know how to sell it. They're like, is it like an addition to the Wii? Like, we don't get it. And it had like a couple really, really good games, but unfortunately, nobody wanted it, so it barely sold anything. But there's a Mario game on that, which is incredible. Well, tell me what the Wii U was. Like, why? Wii U was different because it was like a portable console, kind of. It, it was kind of like a big, bulky tablet. So you can play on the screen, like your TV, mm-hmm. or if you could like push a button, and if my wife wanted to watch TV, I could just push a button and play on the screen while sitting on the couch. Okay. Kind of, you know? But the new console, the Switch, which is like actually one of the fastest selling consoles ever, Nintendo fixed their you know, mistake right away, you can play anywhere. Like I have it in my backpack right now. I can play on the train. What are you playing right now? I'm playing this thing called Thimbleweed Park. <laughs> it's what like is- a... Remember Maniac Mansion? Remember that game back in the day? It was like a really funny point-and-click adventure game with like fine clues. Maybe. It was really funny and silly, really like revolutionary back then, but it's kind of like very similar to that. It's a very funny X-Files type point-and-click adventure game. So what have been some trends in video games? There were always video games based on movies. For a while, there was a lot of great, you know, Michael Jordan, there was a lot of great sports games, you know, in The Simpsons. Um, What are some trends that are happening now that you're seeing? Shooters. First-person shooters are like yeah. Call of Duty and Destiny are like the biggest things, you know. Um, Why do you think people like those kinds of games? I don't know. I'm not a huge fan. A lot of them are good, but they're also, I think they're kind of repetitive. It's just because you can team up with 40 other people online and you play 20 versus 20, and it's like capture the flag, you know. So that's well, obviously that's, very fun. I mean, for, that's new. There's the social interactivity oh, yeah. of video games. 
Yeah. You know, you can meet people or not meet people mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. while you're playing. So mm-hmm. that's something. When did that start to happen with all that the social interaction? Technically, I think the Dreamcast was one of the first things with online connectivity, but it didn't really take off until like PS2 had an adapter where you can go online. And this was back in early 2000s. Right. We had like a modem still. <laughs> you had of to course. dial up. But then obviously like since with the PS3 and the Xbox 360, and even now the PS4 and the Xbox One are always online 24-7. Have you ever made any friends while playing video games? Yeah, not really. Like not like not that I invite to a wedding, but I, I guess, <laughs> you know, some. So is that how you met your wife? Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't play games, darn it. No? Barely. I got to force her sometimes, but she doesn't like it. <laughs> yeah. So what are some other famous disasters? Okay, so Kurt Schilling, you know who that is? The, I do. The pitcher? Yeah. Garbage human being, by the way, like awful human being. Yeah, I've heard uh, that. Yeah, super alt-right. But anyway, when he retired, he started this studio called like 38 Studios. I think that was like his number in baseball maybe. And then he put like $50 million into this thing and made one game. It's called uh, Kingdom of Avalor the Reckoning or something like that. <laughs> and it was a huge bomb, like. I'm kind of glad because it's him, you know? Like, yeah. but, but it sucks for the developers. Like, they put all this time and effort into this game, but it was terrible. And the studio shut down immediately, bankrupt everything, you know? So Gosh. Things like that are kind of, it happens like, like, like a lot, unfortunately. It's you know? like a giant movie. It's like someone puts their yeah. whole life into, it, into one vision. On these big games, there's like 400 people that work on these things. Like Uncharted 4 and, you know, the new God of War game. There's hundreds of people that work on these things. Thankfully, so, most of them are really good, you know, so they have a job after that. But So tell us about your podcast and why it's different than other video game podcasts, because there's a lot of them out there. There's so many, and we wanted to do something different. So when we had this idea over a year ago, we just sat down and we're like, what, what can we do that's different? We can't just talk about reviews or new games. That's how everybody does, right? So me and two other comedian friends of mine, Calvin Cato and Alip Patel, we interview video game characters. So it's kind of like comedy bang-bang with video games in a way. Okay. You know, so we have our comic friends and our actor friends and improviser friends come on and they just pretend they're a character for 30, 45 minutes. <laughs> it's all added and improvised. And we, we've done things from like common characters like, you know, King Bowser and Glass Joe, the, uh, the Super Smash TV hosts, things like that. We do made up characters like a fighting game location scout. We did a house cleaner from Resident Evil. She, she cleans <laughs> up the brains and guts. Um, a lot of silly things like that. We've been doing one episode a week for the past 55 weeks. And they come out every Monday. So, Why do you think people get so into the universe of video games? I just play games when I need a break from life, I yeah. think. You know, and then that ends up being four hours into the night. Like, it's 2 a.m. <laughs> i got to turn it off, I guess. But it's just a break. You know, some people get really into it. These games now, like I mentioned before, like Uncharted and God of War, these stories are ridiculous. They have, like, scripts that are, that are longer than movies. They're 15, 20-hour games in length. They're stories. They're emotional. They're exciting. There, there are times where I've just put down the controller after I beat a certain level and just went like, whoa. And like had to like take a break from that because like they're so good sometimes, you know? We, when we get our video games, is also super different. You know, you don't go to, do you go to GameStop still? You go to GameStop or Best Buy, you can literally download any game you want. Just, yeah. You can just pay for it online and just it downloads in five, ten minutes and you, and you can play right at your, right at your house. So no pants a- needed. <laughs> Why not? But that's a change from, you know, not to say from our day. You know, you used to have to go and, like, buy a cartridge. Go and, to Toys R Us. Right, and, and blow on the cartridge, yeah. you know. So just the, the delivery of everything has changed. It's like, it's like Netflix, it everything. Is. Yeah, you can get anything online. And now with, with the indie game scene, which is huge now, because obviously there's huge blockbusters, which have hundreds of people. There are also studios that are either just, like, one to five people that make games. 
and it's called the indie game scene. It's they're incredible because some of these games are so unique and different stuff that big companies wouldn't let them do, mm-hmm. but they're allowed to do it because it's just them making it. You know, so it's actually really cool. Well, what's one of them that you like? There's one I played called Never Alone, which is just a story of this little Inuit girl, and she's got this Arctic fox, and throughout the game, it has these little cutscenes. And they've interviewed this actual tribe in Alaska, and they tell this like this tale that they've been telling for hundreds of years. And you play out this tale. And I didn't put the control down. I played it for like four hours straight, beat the game, and I couldn't believe how much fun it was. It was you're not killing anything or like cutting off polar bears' heads, nothing like that. You're just <laughs> you're just traversing this crazy landscape in Alaska, and it's just like super fun and like serene kind of. You just kind of lose yourself in it. So things like that, I love. So what's uh, what's your daughter playing right now? She's two and a half. She played. Uh, Mickey Mouse Dream Balloon for Nintendo, <laughs> so that she was okay yeah. with it. Uh, she actually she's really good with a tablet already, which uh, is crazy. Sure, uh, she plays Super Mario Run on my phone, like the, the the runner game with Mario, and she's pretty good with that. So, baby steps, we'll get there. So, what do you think is coming up next? What do you see in the future? Oh my God, I don't even know. Virtual reality is huge. I have a VR set. I was at your apartment and I was using your VR headset and I was uh, chopping fruit with a salmon. Fruit Ninja VR. Uh, Fruit Ninja VR. Didn't you feel like you were literally there chopping up fruit? I did. I felt like I was in uh, medieval Japan (laughs) chopping fruit with giant swords. Yeah, like it's so much fun. Like there are fun. It was fun. There are fun, silly games like that that are good for a quick fix, you know, but. There's also this Batman VR game that just blew my mind. Like, I felt like I was Batman for an hour, and it was, it's, some parts scared the crap out of me. Some parts I was like, oh, no way. You know, so <laughs> I showed my dad who literally his last game he played was Pac Man for our Atari back in 83. So, and then he jumped right to Batman VR in 2018. Oh my God. Has he recovered? No, he, it was, he was, he thought he was trying to touch Robin because he was, he thought it was, Robin was right in front of him. He goes, is that really Robin? What the heck? And he was like, he couldn't believe it, you know? That's amazing. Yeah. It's so a VR, like, they nailed it. Like, the Virtual Boy, speaking of disasters, was a Nintendo thing in like the 90s. It was this weird giant headset you put on, and it was, everything was all just red. Huh. It was very strange. Like, Nintendo tried virtual reality 20 something years ago. It just, That's incredible. It was terrible. But then, you know, a couple of things have tried it, but the Oculus Rift and PlayStation VR, they've, they've kind of nailed it. And they, when they first came out of there, you know, two, three years ago, they've been incredible. They're, so what are you looking forward to? Like what's coming out soon that you're excited about? I never want to leave the house. I just want to <laughs> sit in VR all day. <laughs> yeah. Well, the new God of War game, I'm not sure when this is going to release, comes out this week, this Friday. That's pretty cool. God of War is my favorite franchises ever. It's supposed, and it's gotten like 10 out of 10s across the board as far as reviews goes. So that's going to be incredible. Why do you like that one? What's so great about it? Oh, man. You just kill a lot of things. Like, that's a good game if you just want to, like, kill stuff and just get your aggression out. But <laughs> okay. the stories are really good, too. It's all, like, you know, Greek mythology. This one's Norse mythology. But then... So you're accidentally learning about Norse you mythology. You accidentally in a good way. Like, yeah. I am the Lord Odin. Yes. And at the same exactly. time, I'm also killing a lot of things. Right? You're actually Kratos, but, you know, whatever. Well, uh, tell us how we can find your podcast and how we can find your live show. Yeah, okay. So uh, playablecharacterspodcast.com is our website. You can get the previous 20 episodes there or you can go to you can search for us on Podbean that has the entire library Podbean just search for playable characters podcast if you go on QED's website qedhistoria.com just search for retro bit it's going to be the first wednesday of every month and, and that's gonna, in new york city yes in queens new york queens is the best yeah all right thank you so yeah. much for stopping by thanks guys thanks for listening to teach me how to money send us your questions at teach me how to money at sashinvest.com and we'll try to answer it on a future episode. If you like what you're hearing, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, 
or wherever you like to listen to your favorite podcasts. This podcast should not be copied, distributed, published, or reproduced in whole or in part. The information contained in this podcast does not constitute a recommendation from Stash to the listener. Neither Stash nor any of its officers, directors, or employees makes any representation or warranty as to the accuracy or completeness of the statements or any information contained in this podcast and any liability, therefore, including in respect of direct, indirect, or consequential loss or damage, is expressly disclaimed. The views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily those of Stash or any of its affiliates, and Stash is not providing any economic, legal, accounting, insurance, or tax advice or recommendations in this podcast. In addition, the receipt of this podcast by any listener is not taken as constituting the giving investment or insurance advice by Stash to that listener, nor to constitute such a person a client of Stash.